Welcome to MPA Pod, the Mortgage Professional Australia podcast. Hello and welcome to MPA Pod, our regular podcast series. I'm Priscilla Dickinson, journalist at Mortgage Professional Australia. Joining me today is Bank of Queensland Chief Economist and Head of Market Strategy, Peter Munson. Peter is here to talk to us about the differences in inflation between Australia and New Zealand, where inflation and interest rates are likely to head from here, and the impact of interest rate rises on borrowers over months to come. Hi, Peter. A very warm welcome to you, and thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thanks very much, Priscilla, and uh, thanks very much for the invite. It's uh, a, pl- a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. So inflation rose 6% over the 12 months to June, a percentage points less than in the March 2023 quarter. Is this lower than what the RBA had forecast? And where is the headline figure likely to head from here? So yes, it was good news. A, inflation is lower than its peak. So the peak was around about 8% at the end of last year. So we're about two percentage points lower than that at 6% to June. And that's a little bit less than what the RBA had uh, had been forecasting. So there are two bits of good news for, for Australian consumers. And the third bit of good news is that the headline figure was almost certainly will be heading lower. Why do I say that? For well, a couple of reasons. First of all, the factors that have driven inflation higher is not an Australian issue. It's a global issue. So you look around the world, whether it be New Zealand, whether it be the US, Canada, wherever, what we've seen is inflation go up and now we're starting to see it come back down. Why is it going to come back down? Well, one of the key reasons it's going to come back down is that all the things that we wanted to buy just a year or so ago, you know, tennis rackets, shoes, et cetera, like that, which we couldn't, cars is another one, which we couldn't do because they just weren't available, all of a sudden become a lot more available. And with the economic growth slowing uh, and the supply, so demand slowing and supply increasing, high, uh, lower demand, higher supply gets you lower prices on the good side. So that's the reason why I think inflation will be going a lower from here. Excellent. Thank you. So, although the RBA has said that inflation has peaked, certain aspects of inflation have been viewed as stickier. What are some examples of this? And do you see this pressure starting to abate later this year? Yeah, so it's a natural follow-on for the previous question that headline yeah. inflation is coming down, so the goods inflation will be lower. One of the things, though, that sort of will slow that decline is what's happening in so-called services inflation. You know, this is stuff that if you go to, say, go to the rugby or you go to the opera, you go out to a restaurant, they're all service prices. And if you look globally, not only Australia, but globally, what we're seeing is that service prices, if anything, are still going up a little bit. Why is that? One of the reasons is that electricity prices globally have been somewhat higher because of higher energy costs. But the second one is that in many places, wages costs have increased. And one of the key costs of many service sector firms is wages. And so... The big question for all developed economies is that we've got goods inflation coming down, we've got service uh, inflation not declining quite as much. You know, is service inflation going to come down quicker now? Because if inflation stays too high for too long, then everyone expects it to stay there, and therefore it gets very hard to get down to the sort of levels that the RBA or RBNZ would like. So that's sort of the really big question facing the Australian, the New Zealand, the American economies. Inflation is coming down. But is it going to come down quick enough? Because if it doesn't, it might stay too high for long enough. And then central banks might have to do some more work than what people currently are thinking. Thank you. So that just leads into my next question. So inflation in New Zealand is also sitting at 6%, so the same as Australia. 
We've interest rates in New Zealand rose a lot more quickly. Um, so the OCR in New Zealand is 5.5 compared to Australia's 4.10. Uh, what differences could you draw from New Zealand's domestic inflation data compared to Australia's that would point to the need to get inflation under control faster? Uh, look, as I said, I, I think mainly it's a, it's, a, it's a global story about why inflation went up high everywhere. You know, the sort of peak in inflation in New Zealand, as you mentioned, is wasn't far away from Australia. So essentially, and that has been pretty similar in the US, pretty similar in the Europe, less, you know, UK went higher. So it's broadly a similar story absolutely uh, everywhere. In New Zealand, it, they didn't have sort of specific factors, you know, because of some of the issues <laughs> that you have with the weather and, and, and so forth there in terms of driven prices up. But I think by and large, it's global factor. I would sort of say there's a couple of differences. One difference is that wages growth in New Zealand is higher than Australia. And as I mentioned, for service sector, one of the key costs is wages. And yeah. so, therefore, you know, there's, more, there's some more inflationary concerns in New Zealand that is in Australia for, you know, for that reason. The second issue is how the RBA and the RBNZ have been thinking about things. So the RBA has made it clear that one of the outcomes they would like to achieve from this cycle is not only inflation back lower, but if at all possible, the unemployment rate to stay as low as possible. We've got unemployment rate at 3.5%. That's a 50-year low. The RBA would like to keep the unemployment rate not at, maybe not at 3.5%. They may not be that lucky, but as close to that as possible, somewhere in the low fours possibly, because that has very low unemployment rate, has great benefits for society. And because the RBA has put a little bit greater weight on that outcome, it is being a little bit slower in terms of both raising rates and you know how expectations about when it would like inflation to get back to you know two two percent plus sort of number. So I think that's that's probably the two really big ones. One is sort of wages growth in New Zealand stronger, so you need a higher interest rate structure. And the second one is the Reserve Bank is putting a little bit higher weight, make, making sure it gets a um, a low unemployment rate outcome. Not the RBNZ does not want to do that, but I think the RBA is sort of putting a little bit more weight and as, as a potential outcome. Excellent, thank you. So the official cash rate is 4.10% with no change in July. In your opinion, has the OCR peaked and could be room for one or two further rises by the RBA to bring inflation back towards target? So what do we know about you know this interest rate cycle? The first one is not only Australia, but through all the developed countries, this is the most aggressive rate change cycle in uh, 30 years. So that's the first bit. The second one is that, you know, higher interest rates always happen with a uh, hit the economy with a lag. It always takes a while for businesses and households to adjust to the higher price of money. And in Australia's case, there's particular reasons this time around, because there was a higher proportion than usual that took out fixed rate loans, fixed mortgage rate mortgages two to three years ago. And those fixed rate mortgages have only just started rolling off. In other words, the higher interest rates are just starting to hit those sorts of um, borrowers. So we know that basically it's been a very aggressive rate interest rate rise cycle. And we know the full impact of the interest rate rise cycle actually has, hasn't hit Australia yet. We also know the economy in Australia is slowing. We also know that inflation in Australia is declining. Right? So all those factors sort of just say it's possible we've seen the peak in interest rates. That said, I think there's a clear risk that we do get one or two more. And the reason I say that is twofold. First of all, for the factors I was touching on earlier on about service sector inflation. It is possible to probable that that inflation will come down as the economy slows, that wages growth starts to moderate as sort of the economy um, weakens and some uh, there's, there's some job losses. So that's possible to probable that will actually happen. But can the Reserve Bank, uh, like other central banks, take that risk? All right. So 
that's one reason I want to peak. And the second one is the point that you were making on Priscilla about the RBNZ. So the RBNZ has got the cash rate at five and a half. In it's pretty close to that in the US. In the UK, it's in the fives. Canada, it's in the fives. And Australia, as you pointed out, is 4.1. So our currency does look low by peer country standards. And if you look at the Aussie US dollar uh, exchange rate, for example, you know, uh, when we're recording this, that exchange rate somewhere in the 66s. And one of the reasons for that is the US cash rate's five and a half and the Australian cash rate's about four. So I think they're all reasons why we probably haven't seen the last rate hike a cycle, a last rate hike in this rise in this cycle. But I also think that at 4.1%, we've got we've traveled a long way in that journey. The other quick point I'll just make sure is that, you know, one difference between Australia and the other countries, even including New Zealand. So Many countries, particularly Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, have a pretty high level of household debt relative to their incomes. Uh, that's sort of one of the features of each one of our economies. But Australia has a higher one than Australia, than uh, Canada, and New Zealand, and that's another reason why the cash rate in Australia is likely to be have a high, lower peak than other countries, your peer countries in this cycle. Yeah, that's an interesting point about yeah. So the Australian level of household debt to income is higher than those other countries. Um, is there sort of any key reasons for that? Is it, um, I guess it is just the way the data, the data is, but is there any key reason for that? Look, it's, it's, it's an interesting question about why Australia has amongst, amongst the highest. You know, probably if you look overall, Australia's economic growth might have been a little bit better. Is it the fact that basically population growth, certainly Australia and New Zealand have had typically the strongest population growth in the OECD, probably Australia more generally has been a little bit higher than New Zealand. New Zealand's probably done a little bit better in recent years, but by and large, overall, Australia's done a little bit better. Is it the fact that some of the issues about uh, supply of housing in Australia is a little bit tighter than what you can do in New Zealand? Like they eased off the regulations in terms of housing supply in Auckland a few years ago, and therefore house price growth in Auckland has been quite as big as it is as, as in many other countries, other parts of New Zealand, but they haven't done that in, say, Sydney. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors about why house price growth might be higher. And of course, if house price growth is higher, because a stronger demand, less of supply, that might mean your mortgage growth is um, somewhat bigger in Australia. So, look, there's a bunch of factors there. I, I don't know for certain. All I know is the household debt in Australia is somewhat higher, which does make us sort of somewhat more sensitive to interest rate changes than many other countries. Excellent. Thank you. So when are you actually forecasting the first rate cut to occur in Australia? Well, I suppose the first thing's got to happen is got to get hit, <laughs> hit the peak of interest rates. You know, the start of this year, people were talking about peaks of interest rates in the first half of this year because they were worried that the higher interest rates would slow the economy for the sort of factors I've just touched on. So people were talking about rate cuts this year at the start of this year, uh, the start of 2023. And here we are in, all, in, you know, to, uh, in the second half of the year and we're talking about potential for a further rate hike. So the first one is... Mm-hmm. We need to get the rate hike cycle out of the way. And for that to happen, we need to make sure that inflation rate is in the twos. So what are the sort of factors then that we'd be talking about for rate cuts? And I'll, I'll nominate three. The first and most important, and this is not only Australian issue, it's a New Zealand issue, US issue, et cetera, et cetera, is when will inflation be in the twos? So I think that's the first thing we'll have to be, that inflation will have to be there for them to even talk about uh, rate cuts. You know, I don't think the annual inflation rate has to, it has to be actually two point something, but I think you need at least two quarters where if you sort of add those up and then sort of annualize them, do you get an inflation rate in the two? So I think that's the first thing you'll need to get. And in Australia, you won't get that 
until at least I think the mid middle of next year. The second one is what happens to the jobs market? Because if basically if you get inflation in the twos, but you have 50 year low on the unemployment rates, do you actually need rate cuts? And so the next thing I think you need, whether it's New Zealand, US, Canada, Europe, et cetera, what you need is a notable rise in the unemployment rate. When I mean notable, I mean the unemployment rate rise by at least a half a percentage point from um, you know from, from where it currently is. And you know, even though economic growth is slowing in many regions of the world, one of the things that stands out is the demand for workers has been so strong in most places, the jobs market in most places is still really robust, i.e. the unemployment rate hasn't, hasn't changed much. So I think the second thing you really need is a, um, a, a notable jump, a notable rise in the unemployment rate. And if you look about the demand for workers in Australia, it's still pretty strong, not as strong as it was six months ago, but it's still strong. And so I don't think we'd see any notable rise in the unemployment rate here to again, to at least uh, the first half, maybe middle of next year. And the third thing I think the, uh, that might sort of get the RBA interested talking about thinking about rate cuts is what happens to global interest rates. So from the time of this recording of this podcast, you know, the Federal Reserve in the US, European Central Bank have roast you, both just increased interest rates. Both are still talking that if, if interest rates, any change in interest rates is going to happen over the next couple of meetings, it's more likely to be up. So all that as a background means that the RBA is unlikely to be thinking about uh, rate cuts. So if you've got a global backdrop of falling interest rates, you're more likely to get uh, lower interest rates in, in Australia. And I don't think that we're likely, if you look at financial markets, for example, pricing as we're speaking, they're not talking about rate cuts anywhere in the, you know, in the OECD until at least the middle of next year. So if you add all those up, it's unlikely you get any rate cuts to at least the middle of 2024, given the fact that the peak in cash rate in Australia is likely to be lower than peak countries. I think that uh, the rate cuts in Australia are likely to start after other countries because they you know the peak in interest rates is higher elsewhere, and that suggests to me that we may not see a rate cut to at least the end of next year. Um, so I think we're still at least a year away from uh, any interest rate reduction in Australia. And as I said, the first thing we we'll want to get to about before we can think about interest rate reductions is to make sure we've got the, the peak in interest rates in this cycle. Excellent. Thank you. So assuming there is the, you know, talked about before about the delayed impact of interest rate rises on borrowers um, as a play onto the economy. So assuming there's a three-month lag between when the OCR rises and the full impact on borrower payments, we know the last rise in June uh, was in June, 25 basis points. So assuming that there was there is no rise in August, would you expect the final impact of the 12 rate rises to be hitting borrowers around September? That's... You know, this, what you sort of say is that there's something to that in terms of many of the more current mortgage borrowers. As I mentioned earlier on, there was a high, if you go back two or three years ago, there was a high proportion of borrowers in Australia that took up fixed rate loans. There was a period of time there where fixed rate loans, fixed rate mortgage was actually cheaper than a variable rate mortgage. And so unsurprisingly, a lot of people took <laughs> advantage of those deals, if I can use that term and borrow, fix themselves in at an extremely low mortgage rate for two to three years. And those people, a good proportion of those people have not as yet been impacted by the increase in the cash rate. Now, uh, starting off in the June quarter of 2023, uh, there was a notable number of those that rolled off the fixed rate loans and uh, also uh, decent numbers will be rolling in terms of people with mortgage, fixed rate mortgages will be rolling off from the fixed rate mortgage in the second half of 23 and into early 2024. So there's still a, quite a number of borrowers that have not 
fully uh, felt the high interest rates yet because a higher proportion than usual had, uh, had fixed their rate load. So that's the first thing I was to say that, you know, there's always lags between higher interest rates impacting in the economy. And one of the reasons this time around was the higher, uh, higher mortgage rate. You know, there's other issues, of course, about higher interest rates and impacting the economy. So one of the ways that higher interest rates usually impacts the economy is that asset prices will, i.e. house prices, typically go down. In Australia, as as has happened in some other countries, house prices started to rise this year. And one of the reasons for that, uh, not only in Australia, but other places, is that the supply of housing hasn't been really strong in this cycle, and there's been a big pickup in population growth uh, over the last year or two. So all of a sudden, we've got higher house prices at a time of higher interest rates, which is un- unusual. So you know, there's lags between interest rates impacting the economy. In each economic cycle, it's a little bit different about you know why that happens. A big reason for this time why it's happening is the fixed rate mortgages, but there's also other factors that sort of means that the impact of the high interest rates hitting the economy, having its full impact in the economy, is uh, there's always delays, and that's some of the reasons delays this time. Right. Thank you. So, from a mortgage borrower perspective, interest rates has have risen rapidly since May 2022. Um, what good news could you draw from the latest economic data in terms of? ability to service and mortgage at higher interest rates and perhaps also the cost of living. As you've rightly pointed out, obviously inflation looks like it has peaked. But yeah, just overall, what what would you say is the good news for borrowers? So there's both borrowers and potential borrowers because mm-hmm. you know, some people would like to, you know, take out a home loan and see the various reasons. So for those people, obviously affordability is now a bit more of a problem because house prices have gone back up and interest rates are up. But one of the big things that potential mortgage borrowers has spoken to me about in recent years is how do I save up a big enough deposit because you know you don't take out a loan for 100% of the value of your, uh, of your house. It's somewhat less than that, so you need a down payment. And how do you actually save up enough money for that in a world of zero interest rates or very low interest rates? So for those people, one of the advantages of having a higher uh, interest rate is that also deposit rates are higher, which actually means they can save up more to put into the home. So that's the, that's the first thing. The second thing, as you're question correctly uh, touches on is the cost of living one. Because what a higher interest rate is, it's a higher price of money. Right? That higher price of money is impacting while well, other high, the prices are high, whether that be food costs or fuel costs or just prices for many other things more, more generally. And so what we, you know, we spoke about talking about inflation coming down, that's a good news because all of a sudden inflation is coming down. Wages growth is at the strongest in about 10 years in Australia, not as high as elsewhere, but still it's ten past 10 years. And so I think we'll get positioned in the first half of next year where wages growth is higher than inflation growth, than, than inflation, which means that basically all of a sudden that's one plus for um, uh, for households. Uh, and then the, 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 the third thing, just in terms of inflation and all that sort of stuff, is that what we've seen is that the economy is slowing. What we've seen is that inflation is coming down. So the interest rate rises, which, as I said, has been the most aggressive rate hike cycle in 30 years. We can be pretty certain that is help that is doing the job. Right? That is helping to get inflation lower, which means that we're starting to get we start to get more and more confident that we're getting towards the peak of this interest rate cycle. So look, there has been good news. You know, higher interest rates for borrowers is never a plus. The most aggressive rate hike cycle we've seen in 30 years is clearly not a plus. The fact that the cash rate is at its highest level in about 10, 15 years, 15 years is not a plus for many uh, mortgage borrowers. But the fact that inflation is coming down is a double plus. It's a double plus because all of a sudden it frees up other cash flow from not having to pay as much food price and so forth. 
the fact that inflation is coming down gives you confidence that basically we're getting closer towards the peak of this interest rate cycle. Thank you, Peter, and thank you to all of our listeners. That wraps up this edition of MPA Pod. Thank you very much for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you more news and discussion in future episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of MPA Talk. 